Welcome to Thoughts Off the Stem. I'm Justin Baroni, and today we actually smoked on a mix. We smoked on, I smoked a, what was this bowl? A mix of Cookie Kush and Purple Kush. So, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I figured what we talk about today, or what I wanted to talk about today, I guess, because I've been going through uh, a little bit of a family situation. Um... Yeah, it's been uh, pretty crazy over at my house lately. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever talked about it, but I'm a single dad and I've got three kids. Uh, I am now a single dad full time <laughs> with three kids where they used to be split 50-50 between me and their mom. But uh, things have changed a little bit. So I've had a bit of a rough couple months um, in, you know, just kind of... Keeping shit together, I guess you can say. Uh, working full time and trying to start a side hustle, doing this podcast. This podcast is really fun, though. So, quite honestly, it's not really a hassle to do it. Plus, I get to smoke a bowl and talk to you guys, whoever you guys might be. Some of you I know <laughs> in, in the virtual space. But yeah, so because I've been going through all this stuff with, uh, you know, the family and whatnot, I figured. I want to take an episode to talk about the influence that weed has played for me in my own personal development. I think that it is an excellent tool to help you uh, with a lot of things, you know, physical ailments. Uh, again, not a doctor, just an opinion. So don't take this like word for word. But, you know, as far as like my psychology, I have found that weed helps me. I mean, I've definitely been in a position before where I've, you know, probably overused it or abused it to a certain extent, but it hasn't gotten out of hand to the point where it's affected, you know, my daily responsibilities and stuff. It was just something that I guess I kind of noticed at one point I was just doing too much and I had to pull back on. But uh, about five years ago, you know, my ex and I separated. We got three awesome little kids. Um, and that was probably the first time in my life that I ever met with like serious depression and you know feel like the fucking world is collapsing on you because normally I'm a pretty jovial guy <laughs> I like to have fun I like to talk shit I don't really like to get too serious you know with the whole presidential election this week everybody's been off running on you know who's doing what this is that and the other I don't follow that shit man I mean I should I definitely should but I don't it's just too goddamn stressful so anyway Five years ago, I separated, you know, and then I had have I had my kids only half the time, uh, which is tough enough, man. Because like one of the big things I know I sort of latched onto when I separated or had my separate went through my separation. Ah, the weed's kicking in. If you haven't smoked a bowl, smoke a bowl. Do it. Come on, it just makes it way better when we all smoke together. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I started to realize that there was sort of like a one-sided view because we weren't married. We were common law, but we were common law for like 12 years. Okay. So that essentially in the eyes of the law here in Ontario, Canada, um, you're married, whether you have the certificate, the ring or not, you're married. Um, especially once you have kids, but essentially once you're living with somebody for over a year and you're in a, uh, relationship of that capacity 
then you are considered married. So when you separate, even though you don't go through necessarily the same channels in, um, you know, like court and lawyers and stuff like that, though we did get lawyers because we wanted things written down, um, you're still, you know, you're, you're still entitled to a lot of the same things money-wise, you know, asset-wise that uh, a married couple would be entitled to on either side. But one of the things that I noticed because we went through mediation and a mediator to do this, um, was that there was this like real emphasis on me as a man, what my responsibilities were to the kids and to the situation. Now, I've always wanted kids. Um, I've always wanted to be a dad and I've always prided myself on trying to be as good a dad as possible, as open, as honest, as available as I can be, you know, around the others. Like I also provided, I was a sole provider for a long time, um, for all of them. And when I was going through this mediation, I fired three fucking mediators over this (laughs) because we would sit down, my ex and I would be side by side looking at this mediator. And in my case, these three mediators were were female and what they would do is they would say okay this was word for word their first sentence we are here to be impartial to both sides then what they would say is they would or what they would do rather is they would turn directly to me make complete eye contact like a teacher <laughs> a teacher in homeroom when you know you're causing shit in class you're disrupting this these ladies would look at me like hey Do you understand what your responsibilities are? And I'm sitting there going, look, I'm not a fucking deadbeat. I take care of my shit. I have always taken care of my shit, right? So I laid that down as like, this is how I operate and this is what I do. But it would constantly creep up. And there would be no like, um, you know, there would be no comparison to what her responsibilities were. Now, I'm not the type of person that you know, blame puts blame on one side or the other, because I feel like, you know, there's always something in the middle, like a reason in the middle that things didn't work out. So what I generally try to do is I try to reflect on myself and my influence and what I did to put myself in those situations and what sort of things and what sort of, oh, sorry, what sort of actions I was taking to make people sort of see me in a certain way or look at me in a certain way. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm self-conscious. It What it means is that when you reflect on yourself, you start to realize that sometimes the way you put things out is not always the way you think you're putting things out. So if you think you're, you know, in my case, like some, I, I have a temper. I'm Italian. My background is Italian, Scottish, Irish, and German. But come on. This it's like a war within and I'm a Gemini. So I'm like the, you know, if you go by all this astrological shit, I'm constantly at war with myself. I'm either super happy and just having a great time or I'm ready to smash shit. (laughs) Now that's not actually the case. Obviously I'm not like that, you know, that extreme, but I mean, like if you look at all these things, that's how I should be. Right. So I think, one of the major things that really caused me to look at myself was that it brought i was it was brought to my attention that if i got mad 
I would put off this physical demeanor of like, I want to fight you. When in my head, I'm not thinking I want to fight you. Yeah, I'm aggravated, but like, let's, you know, get through this. When it was brought to my attention that I was doing that, I didn't point blame at somebody else for making me that way or I didn't slough it off as like, oh no, I'm not like that. I really, th- it was an epiphany. I thought to myself, holy shit. If, the, if a third party is seeing this and is worried, like obviously I'm doing something wrong. So when it came down to this mediation situation, um, when I was being told, here's your responsibility, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to watch out for. Like I know that shit, man. I am here to take care of my kids. There is nothing more important to me than the long, than the life that my kids leave lead be the best that it possibly can be. Um, and anytime I feel like I make a mistake or something, I apologize and we talk about it, you know. And that's the that's the relationship that we have, and that's the relationship that honestly I have with myself. I constantly talk to myself. So going through this whole separation situation again, <laughs> fuck every time that should just be if I rhyme again drink <laughs> or smoke do something cuz i'm hot <laughs> anyway so what uh i started to started to really take offense to was this assumption because these people that i was talking to had no background on me all they knew was that we separated and they knew you know my ex's side of the story cuz she kind of blindsided me with it but in my opinion you should know both sides so they seemed to take a pretty heavy stance on hey you fucked up where we both fucked up. Let's be honest. Like I really, I, there was no, you know, anything crazy going on. It was two people that were in two different situ, two different mental places, unsatisfied with each other. And it separated, it fell apart. So a lot of my coming out of that and dealing with that, um, dealing with being in that circumstance was first over smoking <laughs> and getting high as fuck until I passed out all the time because like let's be honest in the beginning you don't want to deal with that shit you, your whole world just fell apart so you figure you know what I'm going to do I'm going to watch some really dumb comedy movies get high as fuck and turn my brain off for the next four months then at some point in that stupor you realize oh yeah you don't you can't do that because you're never going to progress or move forward or get out of the situation so what I started to do was I started to utilize the use of marijuana in conjunction with the thoughts that I had about the situation, the information that I was getting from, you know, out like third party sources like books, podcasts, things like that about how other people had dealt with the situation and what I wanted from myself. Because Ultimately, at a certain point, when those when those situations happen, there's a reason, obviously, that they happen. And the reason is not always as in front of, it, like, you know, direct as you think it is. Sometimes there's, like, a lot of layers to this shit. And one of the things that weed really helps me do, because I'm already introspective and I already reassess the conversations that I have and the way that I talk to people and interact and you know, look at my social circles and stuff like that. I'm all, I'm doing that all the time anyway, because I always want to be better. I always want to move forward and I never want to stay in the same place. Because if you get complacent or stagnant, it's, 
it's almost worse. I mean, you just dwell on all the shit that's not going right for you. And the next thing you know, you, you end up in some kind of real bullshit. So I started using weed and meditation, to be honest. What I would do is I would sit down. If I started to think about my situation negatively and start to like pine for the kids being back or worry about how I was going to handle all the financial issues and the set and you know the travel between the two uh, two houses and all that stuff what I would do is I'd smoke a joint and then I would evaluate it so instead of just like going off on this tangent of negativity and uh, you know piling on onto the negative I would really reflect on how I got there how how my how my sort of interjection in the situation was drank <laughs> was causing these things to unfold the way that they were because as much as you can you know sort of look at other people's influence on what's happening to you or happening around you or or happening in your life you ultimately are in control of all of those influences and how they latch on to you so you could put up your walls, you could put up your borders, you can, you know, you can make your own, you can make your own elbow room. Like if you're playing basketball, you catch a rebound, you can throw your elbows out and sort of, you know, make some space. And that's essentially what I realized I was doing with with weed and the reflection of what was going on in my life and reevaluating where I wanted to be was weed made me empathetic to myself. Weed made me it helped me see the bigger picture, see the opportunities and the possibilities that I couldn't see when I was focused on what was going on um, and getting all riled up and caught up in a giant web of sort of depression, I guess you could say. You know, so what I really like to do is I would sit down and I would throw on like Headspace, that app, uh, that app that helps you meditate. They're like 10 minute meditation, um, sort of like pro, uh, I don't know what you call them. Meditation <laughs> podcast. No, they're not podcasts. Look, they're 10 minute meditation, like things. <laughs> I'm fucking high. Are you high? I'm high. Anyway, so I would put on this app and I would smoke like half a joint and then I would sit down and I would meditate. And I know that the point of the meditation is to sort of let thoughts pass in and out and be one with the moment and feel the, the, um, feel the presence, right? Like the present time. But I found that as I would do that, what would happen is a stream of thought about the the separation and my kids and my situation would come through. And then I would try and clear it out, which is what you do. Like, I mean, try to not ignore it, but let it flow through, let it happen. But what would happen after I smoked the, the joint and I started to settle into the high and sit and, and actually get into the meditative process, I started to be able to listen to like my own inner voice, I guess you could say, that was, I, I related to my subconscious, where if people were telling me something and I wasn't receptive to it when we were talking, this little voice would hang on to those nuggets of information. And as I meditated and as I you know smoked weed and thought about what the possibilities were and what I wanted for myself in my life, um, I, I 
those little voices would pop back out. They would, they would bring in that comment at the right time, especially during the meditations. Because when you meditate, you want to achieve peace, right? But you also want to achieve perspective. So I think that was my subconscious's way of really bringing into perspective what I was ignoring. And I don't think that I would have been able to do that without weed because I find I'm obsessive. Like my, (laughs) that sounds really bad, but (laughs) my personality is obsessive. So like if I want something or I like something or I want to buy something or I want something to happen or, you know, I want to get a job or I want, you know, whatever, whatever it is I want. I want it now. I want it right away and I don't want to wait for it. And I will do everything I possibly can to influence that situation to happen as quickly as possible. So that obsessive kind of mindset, I think, helped in terms of this little, you know, inner voice interjecting little nuggets of information because as I meditated I would let the the thoughts flow through you know listen let it go sort of thing and then after meditation and those thoughts were gone the obsessive part would bring them back and basically highlight the avenues that I hadn't thought of and it's insanely freeing when you start to recognize those things and with weed weed emphasizes empathy and you know camaraderie and interaction and you know just a general overall being of i think happiness so applying that as a tool to your own personal development it can be very 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 effective Now, you can't let it go overboard and just smoke bong hit after bong hit after bong hit until you're pie-eyed and stuck to the wall or the floor. Getting to the state of a sloppy mess (laughs) and uh, stuck to the floor and just, you know, blottoed out of your mind obviously doesn't help. You're obviously at that point just, you know, uh, you're you're just trying to erase the problem versus dealing with the problem. And... When I've used weed to help me deal with a problem as opposed to abuse weed in dealing with a problem, there's a difference, obviously. Um, It's allowed me in my, you know, in my regular, in my soberness to also deal with the same with the same issues and deal with them more effectively. Because, like I said, weed makes it nice and makes you nice and empathetic. And I'm tough on myself anyway. I think we all are. I think, you know, when we get in. When we do something wrong, when you get scolded at work or school or by, you know, parents or whatever, you've already scolded yourself much more than much and much harder than anybody else ever could. So that having that, you know, uh, injection of, of weed slash empathy for yourself can really help you further develop. You have to be okay with yourself, man. You have to be happy with yourself. You have to find the good things about you that everybody sees, but you may not at the time. And I think that if you use weed um, responsibly, much like everything else, it can really, really help your mental space. 
but you still have to put in that work. You can't just smoke weed and then bing, everything's fine. That's not how shit happens. You still have to like put in the work. And even if you're high putting in the work, you may not, you know, do it all correct or do it all right. But over time, that process will start to, you know, show itself in your attitude, your personality, your mindset, everything that you are doing to improve will come together. It just takes a while um, because nobody can change overnight. Here, I'll, you know what? Here's a good, because this, this podcast has been pretty, uh, I guess, heavy. I don't know. Maybe, I hope, maybe it's not. Maybe, I, you, maybe it's light enough. I'm not sure, but it feels heavy to me. So just to lighten it up at the end here, what I want to do is I want to give you an example <laughs> of how you can change and the process of that change. And this is stupid because <laughs> it's me and I like telling dumb shit. Excuse me. So when I was in the like the, the heap of this whole depression thing, trying to figure things out and like not having the kids and all that stuff. Right. So I'm sitting on the couch and I was watching um, Scared Straight, but it was Scared Straight, you know, uh, girls edition. <laughs> so. It's these young kids, like 15, 16, going into a women's prison. And, like, some of the the prisoners knew these kids' parents and moms. And, like, it was crazy. Anyway, they're going through it. And there was a couple girls that, you know, like, were into drugs and this and that. But they were relatively minor. Then there were, like, the couple. It's the same with dudes. But there were a couple girls that were into, like, fights, gangs, and all that stuff. Well, there was this one girl whose mother was actually in the prison. Okay? At the time of the, like, she was in the crowd of people while they were filming and, you know, talked to the camera and stuff. So, they're talking and I just remember the mom sitting down talking to the camera or maybe it was, you know, one of the other inmates just going on about how the mom doesn't want this and the, the, for the kid and the kid, you know, doesn't really want this, but she doesn't know how to stop all that stuff. She doesn't know how to stop doing what she's doing. She's going down the wrong path. You know, the the sort of usual thing. And it was relatively minor in terms of what she had done. I couldn't stop crying, God damn it. <laughs> I'm not a fucking crier. I could keep my shit in check. <laughs> but when this girl started crying, I started bawling. It was ridiculous. But I guess kind of understandable because at the time I had a lot of question and a lot of doubt about you know what was going to happen with my kids I got two daughters and a son and you know I'm a guy I don't have all the answers for the girls but like at the same time I like to be available to them to learn and understand and, and see things from their perspective so when I saw this episode I was catching feelings from both sides man I was catching feelings from my side being like that poor kid and then catching feelings from their side being like Oh my God, I can't get out of this. Why can't they? Dude, I would, I'm telling you, I must have cried for 35 minutes straight after that goddamn episode. Now again, I know that sort of has a sentimental situation to it, attached to it. So you can, you know, there's, there's comparisons, but here you go. Here's one. You ever cried at Rambo? (laughs) I don't think you have. I've cried at Rambo. (laughs) So I don't know if you've seen the newest Rambo that like everybody hated. I love that movie. If you want a movie about vengeance and people dying in the way that you would expect them to or want them to in terms of like revenge for some really bad shit, that's the movie to watch. Because that motherfucker kills 
everybody and it is so goddamn satisfying because they all deserve it and he did it in the best way possible but in this movie spoiler alert if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it i'll try to keep this so it doesn't take away a lot from the plot but there may be some things so the premise of the movie is that rambo's retired living on a farm he's got you know hit um this older woman living with her and a young uh, young girl about 16 years old that he's taking care of and like you know he's he's been her father figure well she decides she wants to go find her dad so she goes looking for him but she gets kidnapped now rambo has to go and get her okay so rambo does what he does and he go gets her and he brings her back and you think oh my god the movie's so awesome well as he's bringing her back she dies and like i'm sad obviously because it's kind of sad but it's also rambo and it's a movie so it shouldn't be that sad now at the end of this drive he pulls into his farm with the girl in the front seat and the grandmother comes out of the house okay and rambo opens the door and there's a long shot of him walking out of the truck like from the grandmother's perspective because i knew he had to explain to her that the girl had died and he couldn't do anything about it. Man, I started bawling before anything happened. I bawled the rest of that movie. I had to watch it a second time to see the end because it looked like I was watching jellyfish underwater. I had no fucking clue what was going on. But that's the type of shit that comes up when you're when you introduce the empathy of weed to actually trying to improve your own personal development. See what I did there? You like that? I thought that was pretty slick. And I'm high as fuck right now. But I'm a big advocate. <laughs> I'm a big advocate of, you know, using things like that. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm a big advocate of using weed in that capacity. Because, um, yeah, if you, if you really allow it to uh, reflect on you, your own negatives... It will reflect them on you in a positive light so that you can improve on them. Take them as a learning, uh, uh, you know, like a stepping stone, a learning, a progress of, uh, of personality and a progress of like uh, of uh, overall human growth. So I am definitely an advocate of using weed for helping yourself you know, better understand who you are, especially when you're going through some tough times. I think that's heavy enough for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, I I felt like I had to put the had to put a message out there. Anyway, I, I appreciate you guys coming out, listening to the episodes. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you come back next time. Like I say, like I've said every episode. You know, th- Thoughts Off the Stem comes out every Friday at 4.20 on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Essentially, anywhere there's a spot to listen to your podcast, you can find us. Me. Ah, oh, damn it. I did it again. <laughs> you can find me, Justin Baroni. So join me next Friday at 4.20. Roll your joints, load your bowls, and have a great weekend. Oh, wait. Before I go. Also... Don't forget to check out our merch shop, teespring.com slash stores slash TOTS420. I'm working on some new merch. It's not quite up yet, but uh, hopefully by the next episode, I'll have some up. Uh, Until then, check out our 
hour. God damn it. <laughs> Check out the the stuff I've got up there already. There's uh, my buds shirts, you know, humor tees and uh, weed Somalia t-shirts and hoodies. I like those hoodies. They're slick as shit. Um, until next time, stay high, have a good weekend and uh, be positive. Take care.